This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I am Jeremy Steele. I'm here with a couple of fantastic youth workers, and we're going to be uh, talking about uh, mission work, but from a little bit of a different perspective, I think, than often uh, people approach it. Uh, but before we get there, let's just uh, go around, introduce uh, yourself, uh, who you are, and where you're serving. We'll start with you, Paula. Hey guys, my name is Paula Lopez, and I get to serve as Director of Next Generation Ministries for the Virginia Conference of the United Methodist Church. And Mark? And I'm Mark Ball. I'm the Director of Youth Ministries at Auburn United Methodist in Auburn, Alabama. All right, so I, if I had a dime for every time I had somebody come up and tell me, teenagers are selfish, we need to get them doing more work thinking outside of themselves and all that. And, and, and I, I get that. I think that's important, but I think sometimes in trying to do something to help somebody, youth workers can end up with mission work that they're doing that might be good for their students, but where the people that they are helping are actually not being helped ultimately by the work that they're doing. They're being hurt by the work that is happening. And so today we're going to think about that. How do we make sure that when we're going to spend our time, energy, and manpower on helping people in some sort of mission type situation, where we are leaving maybe the, the four walls of our church and going to, to be a support and work with somebody in a different place or a different setting or with a different set of needs than we have. How do we make sure that what we're doing is actually helping and not making whatever it is worse? So I'm just going to kind of lob it out there, uh, the big idea. What are some of the things that you've seen happen that you're just – Oh man, that that was not good. In in your time, maybe in your own groups or or in other places where somebody's gone in to help but has not uh, actually been helping. Yeah, uh, that's funny because we've talked about it a lot recently. As we reevaluate what we're doing with students and mission work, one of the things we've seen is where our students think they're the superhero of the story. But, you know, if no one else came to fix this roof or no one else came to bring them food, then it wouldn't have gotten done kind of fight that battle of, you know, it's not about you, you know, it will get done. You know, we're blessed to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same here. I, I mean, I've been a part of several uh, experiences like that. Just trying to be careful because, you know, we have friends that are involved in a lot of these projects, the U S but one particular case we had a, a church I served a, a while ago was a summer event and this summer mission trip, was kind of the highlight of the year. Everything they did all year long was all about that particular trip and a winter ski trip. And Mm -hmm. the ministry, one season was all about raising money and getting kids jacked up for January. And the other Mm -hmm. season is raising money and getting kids jacked up for this week of service, which was the sort of spiritual highlight them of the week and and it's the you know typical uh, go to a town help fix homes feel really good about ourselves come back have parents that are excited because their kids now value what they have a little more and that lasts maybe four to six weeks and then school starts again and kids go back to 
you know, wanting to buy all the stuff and forgetting about those who are hurting around them. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's my little rant on that. <laughs> no. And, and that's the thing is like, uh, it, what's frustrating to me is when we feel like the win for, in this case, it sounds like going to help people who have less material wealth than I have, that the purpose of that is that we will enjoy and appreciate our own material things better, or even worse, that it somehow reinforces the gluttonous American consumerism that, oh, wow, they didn't have these things. I need to have more of these things or all kinds of odd things. Uh, you know, I think that some of that, the problem is the youth worker or the youth leader not preparing the students for the trip. Because sometimes I think when they're there, if all they can maybe process on their own is the difference between their life and somebody else's life. And without a sort of structure upon which to hang these new experiences and evaluate them, what they do is like, oh, wow, this person has less than me. And so, man, I'm so glad I have what I have. And, uh, and, and the thing is, is like that exact same experience, had they been prepared for it, they would see it through a different lens. What about the place that you're going themselves? I think the other piece is we spend a lot of time, money, resources on something, and we don't actually evaluate the organization that we're going to support. I remember I went to a place, the, 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 the organization that we were showing up at, we had not spent enough time really talking to them. We just kind of had somebody recommend and we went and it was a the kind of stereotypical American paternalism where this was a foreign trip and it's all run by Americans who thought they could do everything better than the local people. And local people were not partnered with, were not valued except as people to pity and help. So we go in there and, and you just crazy things are happening. And the whole time I'm sitting there, how do I, how do I deal with this? But but the real question for you guys is, how do you evaluate mission organizations, either local or or domestic or, or foreign, that you're going to be partnering with so that you don't end up in a situation where you're actually supporting something that you don't think is healthy? That's, that's a great question. I'd say there's probably a step before evaluating the folks that we're working with, but that is, why are we particularly interested in doing a mission trip? Right. So I find that you could have the same church do the same mission trip and based simply on why it is that they're there, the results are completely different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything looks the same, but the results are different. And I like the word continuity. So in that sense is we, we're doing this serious work with a youth group throughout the year. We, we talk about compassion. We talk about partnering with folks. We talk about the fact that our world is not just what we see around us on, on a daily basis, but there are people that live differently and, and, and that there's, there's reason for us to want to partner with folks and so on. So a mission trip is almost just a, a continuation of this thing that's happening on an annual basis. Right, right, right. That's healthier than say, we depend on this week for our kids to get this spiritual high yeah. so that we can grow momentum into the next year or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's sort of the poisonous way to go about it. So if a mission trip is part of sort of a larger strategy that we have of, of working with youth and getting kids to understand certain things, then I think that's great. And then the next thing I want to ask is, I'm working with a group, who's the hero? Right, yes. 
is the organization the hero? Mm-hmm. Are we the heroes? Or are the people that we're working with the heroes? Right. And I, I think only one, one answer is, is appropriate, which is if, if the people we're serving with, if, if we consider them to be the heroes, then, yes. then that's a good place to start. That's really uh, good. I love that question. Who are the, who's the heroes here? Yeah. And then the last is, what does the partnership look like? So we've gotten the heroes straight. The, the heroes are the people that we're partnering with. Then what does the partnership look like long-term? Is there a relationship there? Is this kind of a one-shot deal? Who drives the needs and the responses to the needs? Is it the organization or is it the folks that they're partnering with? Yes. And again, you know, ministry that's driven by the folks that, that are being partnered with nine out of 10 times is healthier than anything else. So I think, you know, there's just a Three three simple steps, right? Is the yeah. continuous, who's the hero, and what the what does the partnership look like? Right, Mark. When you're when you're doing that, you kind of go through the prep work, the evaluative process. How do we make whatever we're doing? It may not be a trip. It may be a, an afternoon in your community or, or whatever it is. I, I feel like part of the problem is these can seem like separate things, like that happen in isolation from the rest of my life, right? And kind of external to who I am. How do we harness these in a way that does not make it kind of externalized, but makes it kind of incorporated into the identity of the students? How do we do that kind of in the mission work itself and in what happens afterwards? I think for us, we try to do a lot of discussions while we're there, debriefs at night, and they really ask the question, what does this look like at home? And this is all great, and these things that we're doing here are good, but we're leaving in a few days, and, and we're going back home. So what impact are we leaving, and what impact are we taking away with us? We always try to get our students before we go on a trip to define the why and to define the when. And then throughout the trip, we start to shift that focus of being the why and the when on the trip and carrying that why and the when back home you know so the, the win may be to work with people and not for people and so mm-hmm. how do we take that back home and how do we find people we can partner with to work with and not just coming and you know say it here I'm, I'm bringing all the hope for you i'm going to serve you and it's all about me versus like we're talking about lifting them up and making them part of the team with us yeah paulo what do you do to kind of pull that back and, and make it part of who they are and not just a thing that happens i'm i'm with mark on this i like what he's saying just sort of Adding to that, again, part of sort of the continuity thing, if this is part of sort of an ongoing process that, right. we're, that we're doing, then the prep work before, before this would set them up to react to it afterwards, right, in a way that is internalized, sort of, you know, asking some of the questions of, you know, what is one step I can take that will... Let me take a step back and just say there's different kinds of mission trips, right? And 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 so right right now I'm saying all this assuming that what we're talking about is, is primarily poverty. Okay, um, right, right. So when it comes to poverty, to saying at this point we've been walking together around this, now we've had this trip, and can you bridge some of the ways we live every day and the things we think and our attitudes towards the things that we uh, buy or have or decisions that we make? and how there's a connection between those, those two realities. Mm-hmm. And what is one simple thing, just one simple step I can take in this next season of my life that would help diminish that reality, right? Make it so that the world is just a little better. I mean, that would be just a, a simple way to go about it. I'm not, 
I'm not delusional. Don't think that, you know, this one experience is going to completely transform a kid in the long run unless there's a lot of work around it. But you can always ask for what's the most faithful next step based on what you've seen and what you've experienced. What's the most faithful next step? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. And you point out something important as well, just kind of saying there are different types of mission work. And, And I think it's interesting when I talk to different people, I will quickly find out that they have a specific thing in mind when, when you say that. I, I have a friend who, he works in a, a different denomination from me. And when you talk about mission work, he talks, he's thinking, walking up to random people and asking them uh, intimate spiritual questions, right? That's what he's thinking of when he, when he thinks of mission work. Some people are thinking of disaster relief. Some people are thinking of poverty issues. Some people are, are, will think of it in justice terms. I think that's the, the other thing. When you're talking about trying to help make sure your mission work helps and doesn't hurt, understanding what the type of work you're doing, right? And, and I think that goes back to right where we started. And that is really thinking about why you're doing it. And, uh, and and what you're hoping to accomplish. Well, uh, you know, thank you too for uh, helping me work through this. I, I hope everybody who's listening, this has helped you. Uh, that's what we want to do. We want to be here to help you think through things and uh, deal with issues in youth ministry that you, you aren't really sure where to turn. When you sit down and, and get online to work, we want you to feel like somebody's got your back and that's what we're doing here. You can find a bunch of articles and resources on youthworkercollective.com and you can find uh, more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast.